Welcome, 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 everybody. What a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining us today right here at Brella and all of our friends on Zoom. Uh, my name is Angela Clark, and I am a representative for CSL White Rock. And I recognize that I am a settler on this land. I am grateful and I am honored to live and operate on the traditional unceded territories of the Coast Salish people. I want to thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them along with the waters and all that is above and below. And I would also like to offer a, a very warm welcome to any first-time guests here and on Zoom. If you're on Zoom, please uh, pop in the chat where you're calling us, dialing in from. And for those of you who are new here today, please after stay for the potluck and get to meet the CSL community. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in our life. And our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these. I think we can all attest to that. Our teaching is based on four cornerstone beliefs. One, there is one life. It is the source of all life and all things. Two, we are spirit living a human experience. That has been very evident in the past week, that's for sure. Three, nothing outside us needs to change for us to be happy. And four, we are here to walk each other home. Our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving, vibrant world that works for all. So welcome friends, and thank you for being, us, being with us here today. And this is the perfect opportunity to welcome Chris back. I want to give you a little bit of background on Chris because he is a White Rock resident. He's an arts advocate. He's a philanthropist and a musician. He's been recognized by the Surrey Business Arts Community for his contributions to the arts, including the Legacy Award from the Surrey Board of Trade. He's now retired and has been focusing on his musical strengths, vocals, harmony, guitar, and performing. And this Sunday, this Sunday's rare solo concert will feature a number of songs from Van Morrison and Bill Withers. Please welcome back Mr. Chris Thornley. So as asked to do original tune, I don't have very many original tunes, but I have a little story to go with this one. And it kind of goes with this guitar, too, because I got this guitar about 50 years ago at Ross Pawn Shop in beautiful downtown Wally. <laughs> Around that same time, I met my beautiful wife. And we've been together for 50 years. And I wrote this song for her. I can see the candle, it's burning low It seems like almost out of time I should stand to let my spirit go Babe, don't you feel like dancing? One more time Do you feel 
like dancing You feel like dancing You feel like dancing all alone You feel like dancing You feel like dancing You feel like dancing all alone All night It's three o'clock and I I really should go home I can fit my feet into my shoes I might make it out the door Such a long walk and I I just don't want to leave you alone Babe, don't you feel like dancing? Some more. Do you feel like dancing? Do you feel like dancing? Do you feel like dancing on the floor? Do you feel like dancing? Do you feel like dancing? Do you feel like dancing on alone? All night. are just as naked as the day that we were born we could get caught there's a real good chance it's late babe it's late and I feel so torn but I'm not leaving without one more dance Feel like dancing, we feel like dancing, we feel like dancing all night long. We feel like dancing, we feel like dancing, we feel like dancing all night long. All night. Wow. Must be amazing, Kathy, to have a love song written to you like that. That was beautiful, Chris. Thank you so much. And that is a love story for sure. Wow. That, thank you so much, Angela. What a find to bring <laughs> your friend Chris here. Wow. We're very fortunate. And uh, welcome. My name is uh, Tamara Rossander for people are here for the first time or on Zoom. I'm the spiritual director here. Since March, life is coming along. I can't believe it's November already. Time is ticking by. I'm just taking in for a moment everything that's happened already up to this time. We've had our wonderful volunteer here since 9 a.m. this morning, right? Thank you. 
and they've been setting up our sound, they've been testing everything out to make sure that everybody has the best possible experience they can have. And just, uh, it, just it, it, it humbles me to see how, and it makes me feel so grateful for everything that has come before. To, to get to this moment where I get to hopefully inspire you <laughs> and talk about the teaching of science of mind. So today my topic is home. And I looked at the topic and I was watching it for reading it over and over again. And it took me a little bit to figure out what they had done with home. They had put the dot in between each letter. And I was like, it, it didn't clue in. But then I was reading through again. And what it was is home is healing opportunities manifesting everywhere. <laughs> and how true is that that happens in our life, in our home space? I don't know about you, but that is where I learn a lot. Whether it's through my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, uh, even with my family of origin. And thinking about home and what it is and where we are, in, in the hero's journey, as I talked last time, where we start our hero's journey at home and then we end up there as well at home, that, and we're setting our boundaries along our way, but this time we're talking about that middle section, that, in, that initiation phase of the hero's journey, where we are asked to navigate the trials and the tribulations that are necessary for our learning and for our growth. Now, I don't know about you, but this time of year, it starts to get a little bit, what's the word, frenetic? You know, busy. Yeah, I see some heads nodding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As we start to think about getting ready for Christmas, and the, we just had our Thanksgiving, but for our American um, family down in the, there in the South, they are gearing up for their Thanksgiving. I think that's next weekend. And it's a time where we start to develop and, and engage again with all of our family. And that sometimes brings up some emotion for some of us because it might not have always been that perfect place that we grew up, that we that ideal. What is it? What was it? Leave it to Beaver? I know I'm aging myself. <laughs> right? We all wanted that family life. And sometimes we might not have gotten that nourishment that we needed along the way. So this time of year can be a bit challenging and working through. And that is why here as our spiritual community, we're so fortunate that we can be together and to work through these things and to talk about our practice of spiritual, um, our spiritual practice. I gotta move some things around here. Um, one of my favorite authors, Richard Wagamese, he wrote this beautiful book called Embers. <clears throat> and he says, teachings come from everywhere when you open yourself to them. That's the trick, really. Open yourself to everything and everything opens itself to you. So as a child, we might not know that instinctually. We're learning and if we've experienced any kind of trauma at home, 
and working through that, it is always there for us. And it's hard to know that when I'm little and I'm not getting the hugs that I want or I grew up, this is being a bit vulnerable here, but I grew up in a family where there was a lot of alcohol abuse. And as a little one, I went in, and this has been my role throughout life, to be the rescuer, to be the one that would fix everything because then it would be okay. I could keep myself safe then. If I was able to manage how everybody else was doing, then I could, I would feel better as, as a little one. And knowing that as I grew up, that translated into always trying and rescuing and saving my children or my family in different ways. And even still with um, my main relationship with my mother, there's still some I, healing to be done. And as a minister, they always say, never talk about anything that you haven't done all your healing with. You don't want to speak from that wounded place. And I was like, ah, we're doing home? This whole month has been a challenge for me because there's places in me that are still not healed. There's still things that I'm working through every day to work on that, to make myself, well, not, and make myself anything. It is just to work through it so that I can feel better about who I am. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing, and I hope this is for you as well, is that I love myself. And when I can love myself, then it can ripple out into other things. And I don't need to be the fixer. I don't need to be the one who rescues everyone. I can step away from that behavior and learn how to do something a little differently. I was thinking about um, when I, I'm a big Star Wars geek. I don't know if anybody else watches it, but I was thinking of the hero's journey and I was thinking of Luke Skywalker because I, let me tell you, I had a lot of posters of Luke Skywalker up on my bedroom wall, but he's the perfect example of the whole monomyth of the hero's journey. And if we equate kind of my story and with his story, and it's a little different, obviously, but we're all, we can find ourselves within it. And he started off as a young child dreaming of being a fighter pilot. And his uncle said, no, no, you need to stay home. You need to be here and help us with the farm. So he squashed that and then he moved through and he met Obi-Wan. Kenobi and he wanted to take him on an adventure and he was like no he did the denying of the adventure but then his uncle ended up being killed by the stormtroopers they came in and so then it opened up the door for him to go off and to be who he was to learn and with Obi-Wan his master and I'm lucky I have an Obi-Wan in my life and that is Reverend Terry. <laughs> I, I wish I could show you the picture. <laughs> this morning he was giving me a little pep talk and he sent me this really cute photo of him teaching. And it, he does, he looks exactly like Obi-Wan. He's got his brown <laughs> robe. He's teaching at Vancouver College. I was like, oh my gosh. 
But he learned then too, when he went through, Luke went through his phase of learning about what was out there and he left home and went on his adventure to figure himself out into life, he became that Jedi Knight. He went through a lot to get there, and but he was able to move through it. The other thing I wanted to say about from Richard Wagamese was, was there's there's some elemental thing about sweetgrass, tobacco and cedar smoldering in the abalone bowl in the light and the light of a single candle in the early morning dark. It reminds me of what is most important in my day, acknowledging and embracing the sacred. Without that, I can't walk out my door and discern the sacredness of other people. I can't be my own best self. Without that, I can't allow my limitations or allow others theirs. I can't be fair and loving and not judgmental. Without that, I can't feel the depth and wonder of the mystery everywhere around me. I can't experience gratitude, worship, or communion without that mystery. Those sacred moments of connection, when I choose to take them, are what set my feet on the path. I hope to take right through my, and I hope to take it right through my day. And some days, some moments, I stray from it, but I always know it's there. So he says to his teacher, me, what does it mean to believe? And the old woman says to him, it means to trust with your whole heart, to have faith, it means to have courage to act out your belief. And I said to him, how do I do that? And the old woman said, you have to be honest. And I said, what do you mean? And the old woman said, you have lived, you have to live your belief every day. To believe in something and not live it is dishonest. And he says, I became a better human being after that. So that takes us into where we are with our home and walking our talk with our spiritual practice. This week I had the experience of working with a friend of mine. We do prayer in the morning and uh, she's a home expert. She works with flow in her home and others and works with others on that. And so we were looking at the reflection of my consciousness and my home and where it is. And it was really interesting because she asked me, well, what does your home look like? And I said, I kind of described it. And I realized that my home, when you walked in and you came into the living room and everything there, it's, it's quite lovely, I think. And it's always clean, and it, or not, well, always clean, but it's, it's mostly tidy, and it looks good, because I have my husband who likes to manage it that way. But that's the outer. That's the outer. That's what people see. That's the, the image I want you to see when you come to my home, that it's all put together, because I'm in control. Because remember, I like to fix things. I like to be that person who has that. But then you walk down the hall, <laughs> open the door of my office, let me tell you, that's a whole different ball game. I have piles, I have pads of paper, I have books everywhere. And so she said, well, let's just take a few moments and see where you go with this. So it was interesting one moment, we, she was late coming on for our prayer 
And the next thing I knew, I started cleaning a closet. And then I realized as I was cleaning that closet and I was being very mindful about where I was putting things, I was able to donate a couple things, I was able to move things around to make more space for my books because I only have, what did you say, Tony, the other day? He thinks I have at least a thousand books, <laughs> minimum, <laughs> throughout the house. <laughs> and, you know, and I was able to do that. And now all of a sudden, I felt a little bit better. I felt a little clearer. And then I realized even as a spiritual, moving into the spiritual director role, <clears throat> I had a bunch of really negative thoughts about it. Who am I to do this? How can I do that? Is anybody gonna wanna listen to what I have to say? And then I would have maybe some of my family going, you know, I don't know why you do this. Nobody else does this in our family. Or, you know, maybe does this just, you know, well, like, whatever, honey, if it floats your boat. And I'm like, what? So hence, still some healing work to do with the family. And yet, I know that they love me, and I know that it's there. And sometimes I misstep, and I say the wrong thing. So it's, again, going back to if I'm doing my practice in the morning, if I'm being mindful, if I'm doing my meditation or my prayer or my journaling or whatever it is that works for each person, then that's when I take that sacred self out into the world. That is when I show up in that place of love for myself because I've given myself that time. I've given myself that self-care. And my mantra that I, I, one of my whys of why I became a minister and what called me into this teaching was that I wanted people to remember and fall back in love with themselves. Because we sometimes close that door and we forget to love ourselves and nourish ourselves throughout. What have I missed here? Oh gosh, I have lots. See, this is how my brain works. It's a little messy. <laughs> It's a little messy. So things happen in our life and happen in our home, but yet if we can practice and be mindful and go into the flow, and sometimes it's even tuning into our body and allowing that. That morning it allowed me to clean my closet when she was late, and that's not something I'd planned to do, but it was something that called to me and I listened to that inner voice. I said, okay. And that's when I can clear out the chatter and know when is it that divine guidance. I think Dr. Edward said the other morning, he was talking about um, from the 365 of Science of Mind about listening to that divine guidance. And, and the longer or the more often that we tune in, we can hear that voice clearer and clearer so that it's like when I go into a room and then I can hear that voice and I can find them because I've cleared away all that other chatter and I can tune in to that person and to knowing who they are. And that is, that is my inner guide, my inner spirit. So it's acknowledging our sacred self and that divine guidance within. And the other thing is it, what it requires is a willingness. So am I willing to do my spiritual practice? Am I willing to show up messy? Am I willing to show up in a way that 
moves people or am I willing to show up in a way that maybe confronts things? And sometimes I choose that confrontation because that's what I know. It's easier to do that. But then it's stepping back and realizing, okay, was that helpful? Was that kind? Wasn't that what Reverend Savannah said a couple weeks ago? Asking ourselves if it was kind, if it was helpful. But what, the one thing I did want to say about what it requires, whoops, and Angela, I just lost all your papers, is faith. Ernest Holmes, he wrote in Living, with, um, with Living Without Fear, there is the question, however, which naturally arises. Why is there all this suffering, sorrow, and pain? Why is tragedy accompanied the journey of the humans? Again, our imagination may answer this question in a somewhat plausible manner. There is no other way through which true individuality can evolve. Humans must be let alone to discover themselves, else be compelled arbitrarily to follow one road in which the cause they would be, otherwise if they just listened to that, he was kind of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here a bit, they would be an Ottoman and not an individual. So each of us are on that path and what drew us to where we are today is because of our family, because of that home that we started in. And we may judge it bad, good, but it doesn't matter because it is what our experience was. And we know in this teaching there is only good. So, and I know sometimes that's hard. It's like, oh, Tamara, don't, don't put those rose-colored glasses on. Like, I can't say everything is good. Like, do you see what's happening down in wherever it is? And yet I know that there is a piece of good for someone somewhere in that. But as we experience through and know that no fear can remain where faith holds sway. Faith reunites us with the original creative spirit, the divine mind, which already exists in the center of our being. That is from Ernest Holmes called This Thing Called Life. So here we are, you know, whether we're the wounded healer, we're the archetype of the hero, whether we're the innocent, the child, wherever we are, or the adolescent, sometimes I like to be in that place because <laughs> I can be a bit <laughs> troublesome. But know that I can move then into the wounded healer and I can recognize that, that in myself. And there's no one escaping life's challenges, but it's how we choose to handle these challenges that defines who we are and determines the trajectory of our lives. It's through our personal wounds that we gain access to the inner strength that empowers, heals, and ultimately blesses us. So knowing this allows us to give thanks to all of those circumstances. All the circumstances that got us here before and to where we are now today. And it's, it's the same going full circle back to thanking everybody this morning, everything that happened before, to have this experience of community together, of being here, to this moment where we get to have some fellowship afterwards. So this week, maybe for some thoughts for yourselves, is think, what were some of those early defining moments in your life? 
And because of those hidden gems, those experiences, what did you learn about yourself? Was there something there? Can you think of a moment in your life that, mm, I didn't think that was really a great thing that happened, and yet it got me to where I am. For me, it was that growing up sometimes in that unsupportive home to here showing up today, being vulnerable, getting up and talking in front of everybody. What do they say? Public speaking is one of everybody's greatest fears. <laughs> so yeah, I would think this week realizing and thinking about those moments in your life, and it doesn't always have to be a negative experience. There can be those positive experiences that happened that grew us as well. So it's thinking of those, those moments and I hope everybody has those moments in their life and if not, let's go ahead and create some because there's still time. There's still time to create the home that you want, the home that will be beneficial to you for growing and loving and look around it and notice what's going on in there. And is it that, because what does Ernest Holm always say about, you know, our, our mirror out? It's not necessarily just with people, it can be our space too, mirroring out our thoughts, our consciousness. So with that, uh, just ask you each to take a moment now and we'll close off in prayer knowing this truth that there is one life, one love, one universal divine power that is operating in, through, and as each of us here today. So today as I speak my word of truth, I know this for myself and I know it for each person listening. So today I claim the joy and the excitement and the love that is here in the world. I know the endless possibility and the abundance of this life that each day I choose to walk this path. I take time, I nourish myself, I nourish that little inner child inside of me as I grow and go forward. And I walk this path of my sacred self I am so grateful for this day, for this time, for this teaching of knowing this truth of who we really are. And I allow it to settle into my heart space, into that divine wisdom that is operating right here, right now. As I breathe that in and knowing that love is, it is life. It is joy. So with gratitude, I release these words, the law of mind and love, knowing right action is already happening. I let it be. I let it be so. And so it is. So as Janet so wonderfully spoke to us earlier about the fact that this is an incredibly generous community, you know, to us and out again. So the spiritual practice of gratitude, of sacred giving begins with the recognition that it's part of our nature to give and receive. Our inner life de deepens when we make a conscious plan to give. We experience greater satisfaction when we are part of that flow of life. There it is, everything's just 
everything's just tying back today. It's beautiful. Uh, at CSL White Rock, we teach that giving is not a practice we should do out of a sense of obligation, but something we choose to do. And again, everything that we choose to do with a generous nature is just so easy. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you want to join with me in this affirmation, I am grateful for my life. I am grateful that all I need flows from me effortlessly. Sorry, I didn't help that. I'll do that again. I am grateful all that I need flows to me effortlessly. Through channels expected and unexpected. I am the instrument of this prosperous life. Oh, I really like that. So if you choose to give, you can donate to, through our website, you can mail us a check, you can see Nancy after service, and or you can send us an e-transfer. But all of the information will be in the Zoom chat, and of course it's all there for you uh, on our website. And your contribution does make a positive difference, not only to CSL White Rock, but to places like Brella, who we've been so fortunate that this is our, our new home, and we love it. So I'm not going to read all of those off because we all know uh, how to do that, but I am so pleased to introduce back for the last song of the day, Mr. Chris Thornley. Yay. And thank you all for being here. Yeah, so uh, I talked to Angela into singing this with me. Now there's a guy named Bill Withers and he's, uh, he's a pretty humble guy. And uh, he wrote this song called Ain't No Sunshine. And I thought about it for a while and I thought it kind of is like a conversation or it could be like a conversation between two people where maybe he did something he shouldn't have done and he's being schooled by his beautiful wife or Lord knows what, but communication is pretty important. So we're going to do our version of this song. It's definitely our version. Sunshine when she's gone, and it ain't warm when she's away. There ain't no sunshine when she's gone. This house just ain't no home anytime she goes away. Wonder if he's gonna stay. I wonder this time where he's gone Ain't no sunshine when he's gone He's always gone too long Anytime he goes away I wonder this time where she's gone I wonder if she's gonna stay 
There ain't no sunshine when she's gone She's always gone too long Anytime she goes away And then she turns to me Looks me right in the eye And she says You know, you know, you know I said I know, I know, I know You know, you know, you know I said I know I know sunshine when she's gone And it ain't warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when you're gone And you're always gone too long Anytime you go away Anytime she goes away Anytime he goes away Anytime you go away